Welcome to the second episode of the Practical Prepping Podcast, helping everyday people to become prepared for whatever emergencies may come, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. And we're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This is a new prepping podcast because we want to help everyday people become better prepared. Everything from a dead battery in your car to the full-blown stuff-hits-the-fan situations, we're promising to keep the language clean. We are practical preppers. We are a married couple and the authors of two books, Making Contact During Emergencies and Practical Prepping for Everyday People. So what do we prep for? Well, it's best termed general prepping. We're most likely to face weather emergencies, but we can use our preps for just about anything, like normal emergencies of life. For example, a flat tire, dead battery, running out of gas, medical emergencies, and the like, things like that. Prepping is a personal thing. It's what you will need. It's what concerns you. You make the choices. You decide. What we don't prep for is a nuclear holocaust, alien invasions, or a zombie apocalypse, although I think that would be fun. A little bit about the podcast. We want to focus on the practical each week. We're not going to talk about underground bug-out bunkers. We're not advocating uh, you're fine, but we're not saying you need to have five years of food stored up. Uh, We're not going to tell you you must have certain pieces of equipment. We're not even going to tell you that you must have our books. They'd make it easier, but it's not a necessity. We're going to talk about practical prepping, prepping for the most likely threats that we will face. In our area here in North Alabama, we're most likely to face weather-related events, primarily tornadoes and strong thunderstorms. That some, can sometimes give us a loss of power. Um, our prepping sure came in handy also for this year, 2020, for COVID-19, when... Um, Things started running out, and people couldn't buy toilet paper, couldn't find toilet paper, couldn't find certain grocery items, certain over-the-counter medications. We had already stored up, and so we didn't have to go panic buying at all during the entire time that we were in shutdown in uh, March and April. And uh, we created our practical prepping for that. We just ate right out of our pantry, and we were so fortunate that we still had electricity and water, so we didn't have any concerns there. Um, It was kind of interesting that some of the other threats we were looking at were murder hornets, and we were even talking one night that we're not at all surprised in 2020 if they come up with tiger squirrels or killer frogs or things like that, but uh, we're just being kind of funny. Right now, we're seeing the worst of the wildfires in the Northwest. Millions of acres burned there. A lot of folks dislocated from their house. I should say displaced from their homes. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a family member that had to, evacuate. had to evacuate. She had to place all of her peacocks and birds with a sanctuary before she and her husband could evacuate, and they were gone for a week. And they came back, and fortunately their house was spared, but their neighbors lost right. everything. And in Louisiana, just this week, we've seen another hurricane go through, Hurricane Delta. Mm-hmm. And I saw where it made uh, landfall 12 miles uh, from where Laura made landfall. So those folks are going through some real issues right now. I've gotten some information 
uh, from the coast with uh, some kin folks that are down that way, distant kin. And uh, a lot of stores closed. Um, it's hard to buy gasoline. It's hard to buy food, uh, anything like that. And later this year, we'll be seeing some uh, major uh, snow events somewhere in the United States. Uh, being 2020, it might be Florida that gets 28 inches of snow. Mm. But, you know, uh, we expect uh, to have some snow situations here before the year is out. Uh, we're also preparing and are prepared for those everyday emergencies. Things like dead batteries, flat tires, and running out of gas. Um, on this podcast, we plan to have something for every level of prepping, from the beginner to the established. From time to time, uh, we'll bring on experts um, that will talk about their particular field of expertise. And at times, we'll talk about gear, and gear's good. Uh, we'll occasionally have some gear re reviews, but we're not going to tell you that you have to have a particular list of gear. Again, this is a personal situation. It's about what you will need to survive or thrive during an SHTF situation. And let me define SHTF situation. One of the ladies asked uh, in, the, um, in one of the forums the other day what that was. Uh, to define an SHTF. Uh, I call it, you know, Schumer hits the fan or stuff hits the fan. Uh, use your uh, favorite um, substitute there. But it really depends on your situation. And uh, it might be a total grid down situation. But it's more likely to be something personal. We've talked about the weather events that we have here in North Alabama. Uh, we've talked about um, job losses in the past, uh, uh, being prepared. Um, one lady said that her having prepared for about a year and a half, uh, when she lost her job, she didn't have to worry about groceries for the next three or four months, and she was able to just focus on her family, and they were able to eat from her uh, from their preps. And that brings up another good idea here to, to mention is as you're stocking up food, buy things that your family normally eats. If your family doesn't eat beans at all, uh, there's no need in buying 50 pounds of beans. Uh, that just makes a, a heavy paperweight. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to buy 50 pounds of rice or 50 pounds of anything, uh, especially getting started. I like the one and two pound bags. They're a lot easier to handle. Uh, you can do what you need to with them when you open them. You can use them up in a relatively short uh, time frame. But again, this, is, this totally depends on your situation and what you believe your needs may be. We'll tell you a lot of things that you might want to have, but our only must-haves are these three things. A smoke detector, carbon monoxide detector, a fire extinguisher, 
and a radio that receives NOAA weather alerts. You need something uh, more than just apps on the radio or apps on your telephone. You need something that's going to wake you up in the middle of the night if a tornado is coming your direction. We'll talk about skills, skills that you should have or should learn. Last episode, we talked about a skill that every prepper should have. In fact, every person uh, should have, and that's the skill of being able to perform CPR. I read a, a story this morning about um, in California, an off-duty police officer was in Home Depot, and a family had gone to Home Depot to get some wood, and this lady's husband grabbed her chest and fell over on the wood. This off-duty police officer, having been trained in uh, CPR, uh, knew what to do, and the photo that was in there was of the family and the police officer. So his life was saved because somebody knew what to do. You know, you're much more likely to need to use CPR for a family member than you are to need to use a firearm to protect your family. Hmm. I've heard that. Statistically, that is correct. Learn CPR. You You might save a life. Sorry to interrupt. You can get CPR training at most any fire station or American Red Cross office. They can direct you to uh, classes. I know that when I was teaching in a school setting, we were actually offered CPR training and certification. The fire department came to the school and we went in small groups and we trained CPR for adults. We trained CPR for adolescents. And we train CPR for infants, an entirely different process. We do strongly recommend that you learn CPR because um, <clears throat> it's just like Mark said, how many times is something going to happen where there may be a, a heart attack, a choking, some someone passing out, something breathing has stopped. And it might depend on you or me to be able to know what to do at that moment and not wait. Obviously, call 911 if you can, and then immediately begin to take action because it can save a life. And let me say this. If you haven't had the formal training and somebody in your presence needs CPR, don't be afraid to try it. They're dead if you don't. Yeah, the 911 dispatchers are amazing. They, they can even talk they you through it. They will talk you through it mm-hmm. on the telephone. But don't be afraid to try it because you've not been trained. And and be guided by those folks on 911 with those pre-arrival instructions. What's okay. our topic for today? <clears throat> I'm glad you asked me that, Mark. Our topic for today is EDC. Now, that stands for Everyday Carry, which is basically a bag or a container of some sort that has in it packed what you need for your needs for everyday normal emergencies. It can well, it's be- actually whatever you carry every yeah. day. Somebody yeah. carries, uh, everybody carries something. Women carry a purse. That's kind of an EDC, isn't it? That's an EDC. And we have important stuff in there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, we do. Men carry wallets. We all mm-hmm. carry cell phones and keys. But we want to cover some of the other things that you may want to carry either, either on your body or in an EDC bag. And you don't have to call it an EDC bag. Um, you know, women, it's a purse. Uh, I carry one, a little cross-body bag that's just 
awesome little bag. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a backpack crossbody. And he does take it everywhere we go. Well, restaurants are open for dining in now, and we walk in, and he's got his EDC on his shoulder. And uh, in that bag are going to be a lot of necessities that he considers important to take every day. Um, one thing about EDC, you want to kind of blend in with the crowd. If you're going to be an EDC, everyday carry ladies with the purse, men might be a backpack. Well, ladies could carry a backpack too. A lot of folks are carrying backpacks. And some of these backpacks are very spacious and can carry a great deal of things. And if you're in a professional environment, something like a computer bag. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Or a book bag some type of zipper pouch but now if you're on a college campus then a backpack with a water bottle strapped to it with a carabiner mm -hmm. perfectly in place right that just looks completely in place and normal uh, a lot of things that we'll carry in our own edc bag will be something like over-the-counter medications uh, we have been able to squeeze a roll a complete roll of toilet paper into our <laughs> Uh, everyday carry bag and our car bag. Um, hey, you just never know. Uh, hand wipes, wet wipes, hand sanitizer wipes, uh, eye drops, small tools, things like that. We'll get into that. But I always <clears throat> have a couple of days of my prescription medications in my EDC Absolutely. bag. Absolutely. You just never know when you might be in a situation where you may be 150 miles away from home overnight and you suddenly realize, oh, you know, I've been in situations where I haven't had my prescription because I didn't expect that I would be staying overnight, like got caught in a snowstorm, right. ice on the roads or that kind of thing. And so I have, you know, lesson learned. I think we've all been through things where we now look at it and go, oh. I'm not going to be caught, you know, you remember that phrase, don't leave home without it. Right. We kind of think that way about our everyday carry bag as well. And I'm bad about getting to work and realize I forgot to take my medication before I left home. Mm -hmm. So That's true. now I have two days left in my bag. Talk to us a little bit, Mark, about flashlights. You're kind of our flashlight guru here in the family. I love flashlights. Uh, flashlights are one of those things that you want to carry every day or probably want to carry every day. Um, on my notes here, I've got flashlight or three. Uh, I actually counted up the other day, and I had three on my body. Mm -hmm. uh, I carry a little O-light in my shirt pocket. I carry, and it's a single uh, AAA. I carry a, um, a AA, uh, two AA battery light in my back pocket. Uh, we have the little Surefire Sidekick 300 Lumen rechargeable on our um keychains mm -hmm. uh, another one that i have is the bushnell pro 125 it's about 25 bucks uh, now we've got some top-end flashlights as well and and really it's just what fits your need uh, if it's surefire if it's streamlight if it's o light it's going to be a good flashlight but you need some kind of flashlight with you uh, you're fumbling around trying to find your keys, get into the house, trying to get the key right side up instead of upside down in the door. Uh, even those little single uh, battery keychain lights work for that. Any light is better than no light. And something else that I carry every day, it's on my hip right now, uh, is a multi-tool. You want to have some type of knife or multi-tool if you're able to carry that uh, where you work. Uh, obviously, if you're a student in high school, you're not going to be able to carry a knife 
but um, some type of multi-tool uh, is good to have. Uh, we'll talk on another podcast about our go bags or our car bags or get home bag, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we have fixed blade knives in there. We also have a folding knife in there. I carry a folder, about a four inch folding blade uh, each day. I also carry a pocket knife. And I'm bad to carry a pen light as well. I mean, not a pen light, but a little pen knife <clears throat> with about a one inch blade. I've actually found some uses for that recently. I carry a knife as well. Actually, I have two knives <clears throat> that I carry on me as well. In my line of work, actually, I am involved sometimes with having to open up some packaging uh, for the products that I have at my work. And uh, I'm permitted to, in fact, even supplied with cutting tools and knives. And they're just very handy to have uh, around as long as you're very safe with it and you're not, you know, reckless with it. It's like Mark said, to check your ordinances. We know here in, in our county you cannot go into the courthouse with a knife and you're certainly not going to go into an airport. You know, just it's the common sense thing. Remember, if you're going into a place that has those types of ordinances, you know, be mindful of that. Don't don't be that guy that's just going to be uh, take my knife everywhere I want to go. Just be, be mindful of the laws and the regulations and the ordinances. We want to be good citizens. We're not looking to make trouble. But we're looking to get out of trouble if we get into it. Um, in terms of being preppers, we're not we're not here to try to cause problems for people or or exert our quote unquote rights. And you're not talking about a knife fight for getting no. out of trouble. No, you're no, talking no. about being able to use that as a tool. Yeah, if I had to cut and a seatbelt or something. That, that's one of the things. Yes, and uh, that's another thing that we carry every day, although it's not on our body or in our bag but it's in the side pocket of each of our doors, and that is a glass brake and seat belt cutter. Doors uh, of the car, that is. Uh, yeah. The doors in the car, yes. I <laughs> yeah. um, actually carry one in my patrol car as well. It's a little hammer-looking device with a handle, and the other end of it has a seat belt cutter on mm -hmm. it. So you can break a window to get in or out, or you can cut the seat belt to get someone out. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the Gerbers now, some of the Leathermans now have a seatbelt tool on them as well. But um, And a multi-tool is a great thing to be carrying. You use it for so many things. Um, and I used to carry a Leatherman. I'm now carrying a Gerber. Uh, it was gifted to me recently, and I'm getting used to it because of the differences. But one of the things that I did want to touch on here is I'm looking at... Uh, the Leatherman Squirt PS4 is called a keychain um, multi-tool. It's, it's under $40. And it's so small, it's like two and a half inches long. It has a mini set of pliers on it. And sometimes the tools, uh, the pliers on a regular multi-tool are too large for something I may be doing. And I'm looking at this to carry in place of a pocket knife. Uh, it's actually smaller than the pocket knife that I carry uh, on a daily basis as well. But you need some type of multi-tool to go along, um, multi-tool, folding knife, something to be able to cut some objects with. You'll be surprised how many times you'll use that. Let's talk about first aid for a moment. Okay. IFAC. 
IFAK, Individual First Aid Kit. Uh, these can be, and we've, we've got a number of these. We've built them for different purposes. And the first one that we carry, and probably the one that gets used the most, is what we call the boo-boo kit. Uh, it's got band-aids in it, uh, antibacterial cream, or little wipes, something like that. Another thing that we carry is, and we mentioned it a while ago, with our um, with our prescription medication and stuff, is a uh, little Altoids tin. I like the little bitty ones, the small Altoids tin, to be able to carry OTC and prescription meds. You can put a few wet wipes in there, the little small packets. Um, you can even carry toothpicks or something like that, which I have a, a little tube of toothpicks in my uh, EDC bag. Uh, a couple of other things you might want to continue, uh, consider putting into your first aid bag or your IFAC is an arterial tourniquet. Uh, there's three really good ones that um, are on the market, commercially made. The CAT, the Combat Application Tourniquet, the RATS, the Rapid Application Tourniquet, and the SWAT-T is a stretch, wrap, and tuck tourniquet, but it works well as a pressure dressing um, when you need a lot of pressure and not necessarily to be able to uh, make a tourniquet. But the downside to that one, if you need it as a tourniquet, it's really, really difficult to put that SWAT-T on yourself and make it uh, into a tourniquet. The other two, if you practice just a little bit, you can put those on yourself. As law enforcement officers, we carry uh, one of those tourniquets either on our belt. Our department has the uh, CAT tourniquet, the uh, combat application tourniquet. You can put it on with one hand. It's either on our belt or in one of our pockets on our offhand side. So we know where your buddies is located if we come upon him and he needs it. Another thing that we've made is what I call a blowout kit, and I've actually made one to carry. We wear the um, BDU-type pants, the cargo-type pants, and I've made a blowout kit to go in my left pocket, and it has a couple of rolls of gauze, a couple of bandages, and a roll of medical tape, and it's vacuum-sealed to be able to fit into that pocket. We just use our food saver, suck all the air out of it, seal it, fold it up, and stick it in my pocket. And I've actually pulled it out and used it on a gunshot victim. Thankfully, I've not used it on myself. That's what it's there for. But I was able to use that on a gunshot victim one day. Another, and this is the last one we'll really touch on here, is um, what we call a rec bag. It, it's a medical bag. has even more gauze bandages, tape, even has a SAM splint that goes into the back of the car when we're traveling. I was a paramedic for 19 years, so it's handy to have more bandaging if we come upon a wreck uh, as we had one happen right behind us one night traveling back home. And it's, it's nice to be able to just grab that and have more to work with. Chris, what are the, some of the other things that... Uh, folks might want to consider carrying. Okay, yeah, there's some other things that you may want to consider for your everyday carry, and that is an umbrella. Um, you can actually get these telescoping umbrellas that are as small as the length of your hand. 
<clears throat> those are nice to have because we've all been caught in the rain and wished we had an umbrella and so now I carry an umbrella. Actually I have several different sizes. Uh, also something to carry around because of all of our electronics and our connectivity. Uh, you want to have extra thumb drives, flash drives, maybe even an external hard drive, something like along the lines of a passport. Um, we're uh, we're just in that electronic world now, and it's sometimes very important to be able to have an extra thumb drive or a flash drive. Uh, you know, not only to have empties to load, but also keep some of your things with you. You may have some marked thumb drives that may have important documents or photos or whatever you want on there. You want to keep a record of those because in a house fire, you may lose your computer, but if you've got your thumb drive of photos and documents, you're good to go. I keep a couple in my pocket or in my bag. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them has a lot of music on it. Um, one of them has, like you're talking about, uh, backup files for the podcast, for our books, um, just a bunch of different files that I don't want to lose. You know, that's something we want to encourage uh, our friends and family that have been dealing with these, especially the hurricanes and tornadoes. When they're dealing with destroyed homes, flooding, files getting lost, it's very important to be able to have your identification and important documents. You may want to have copies on a thumb drive of your insurance, your home insurance, your car insurance, your health insurance, uh, names and numbers of, of you know, doctors, relatives, things that something you can grab and put in your pocket if you have to exit your home very quickly you'll know at least in your pocket you've got a record of all the documents that pertain to you your 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 mortgage your bank account information be very secure with it we don't want you handing it off to people but what a um, ease it is to be able to go to uh uh, a government authority and be able to hand them a thumb drive and say, here is my information, and they can download that, and they can process you so much more quickly than... Another than thing that we, we don't think about today, put your contact list on yeah, that thumb drive. Yeah, your next of kin, we your friends, your family. We don't memorize phone numbers anymore no, we don't. like we used to. we don't. Um, I probably know five or six phone numbers, actually. And we don't have phone books today. You can't look up numbers like you used to. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if you can dial information to get a phone number anymore because so many people carry cell phones and do not have a landline. Right. So it's a good idea to have those uh, backed up to a thumb drive to be able to pull those up if you have a problem with your phone like I did a uh, week before last and uh, had to rebuild those. Another good thing is to back that stuff up to the cloud. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to be able to pull that down. Okay. Another thing to carry is some tools. Simple tools. Just tool. some simple tools. My dad always carried a screwdriver on his keychain, and he usually had a four-inch adjustable wrench in his pocket, and he was pulling those out all the time, doing different things. Mm -hmm. It was amazing how handy uh, that came in. Something else that you might want to carry is a lighter, and <clears throat> we're not going to tell you, you know, that you have to have an absolute certain brand, but when it comes to fire-starting devices, we are a little bit picky. In fact, we're a lot picky. We have done it 
dollar store way and we've done it other ways. And we have found out through trial and error, time after time after time, the name brand lighters are the best, the Bic or the Scripto. We just don't even want to buy the dollar store lighters anymore because they're just not going to hold up. Yes, they're cheap, but you get what you pay for. If you're going to invest in a lighter, an actual butane lighter, get something that can either be refilled or get a brand name Bic or Scripto. They won't let you down. Uh, also, something else to have is some paracord. You know, paracord bracelets got real popular for a while, but they actually are uh, a, a, a twined cord device that you can actually undo and actually use. Most of those have it. about 9 to 11 feet. Mm-hmm. That's a good long length. Now, if you're carrying an EDC bag, you can also put in a 25-foot length or a 50-foot length. Sure. You can even buy... Uh, packages of cord that are already wrapped up that could be 20 to 50 feet long and it's just all nicely wrapped up but if you needed to tie something onto a car or roof or if you needed to double it up and throw it out for someone to to grab onto to just hang on till help comes if they're caught in a raging stream or whatever sometimes having that bit of cording is going to make all the difference in the world or as I had to do one time, make a leash for a dog. Make a leash for an instantaneous leash for a dog. Open the bag, cut off eight or ten feet, and tie it to the dog, tie right. a loop in the other end, hold on. Something else you might want to carry along with you is a bandana, uh, and a goodly sized one. I usually like to get about a 24-inch square bandana, something large enough that if you need to cover your head, your face, your eyes, uh, if you needed to uh, have that shielding, Maybe sun protection, um, or if you're trying to bind, maybe a, an arm or a leg that's gotten injured, a bandana if it's going to help. You uh, could make a triangular bandage with it. You could. Uh, you could filter water with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can blow your nose with it. I've actually started carrying a bandana instead of a handkerchief. Yeah, it's and more comfortable just, on the nose. They're more comfortable. They're soft. Uh, once they've been washed a few times, they're very soft. Uh, so a bandana is something good. Now, here's something that uh, I carry in my bags, but I need to replace here pretty soon, and that's extra reading glasses. Yes, you do. And um, You're forever losing your reading glasses. Um, forever. <laughs> and I found them. The pair I lost the other day, I found them. Oh, good. They were on my head. Oh, okay. Well, all righty. That, um, that happens more often. Yeah, but, extra uh, reading glasses. Have some extra reading glasses. Or sunglasses, you. too. You know, carry extra sunglasses, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a power kit. What do I mean by a power kit? Uh, charger, plug-in charger cords, uh, USB um, plug-in chargers. We even have an inverter plug-in device in our car. It's actually a plug plugged into the car and it's actually like a wall plug and we can actually use it as a you know a regular plug head to put our usbs in and uh, it's just good to have a small charger head and cords something you can carry in a little small box or something like that but i also carry it in there wind up someplace and uh need to charge my phone i've been sitting at the hospital or something and I can pull that it's a little drawstring bag in my bag, mm-hmm. and I've got a, a power head. I've got a car 12-volt uh, head in there, and I've got a couple of different cords to fit any device that I happen to have. So I can pull that out, use what I need to charge my phone, 
roll it back up, put it back in the bag, and go on for next time. I'll tell you something else people carry is those little automatic charging devices. We used to call them Power Rock. Now they look more like a bar or a large bar or a tube. It's it's a it's a device that is charged that you can it's plug. It's a power into. bank. It's a pl- power bank. Yeah, carry one or two of those and keep them charged up at all times so that you're not caught out in the middle of a the Grand Canyon or some mountainous road where you're just not getting any um, bars or anything and you're not able to do any charging. That that power bar will help you out a lot. So those are some of the things that we think that you might want to consider carrying, some of the things that we carry in our bags, and uh, we've just come across a need for from time to time. Now let's talk about something. This is a very personal choice. It's controversial for some folks, uh, but that's some type of a defensive weapon, and one of the most common is a handgun. As I said, that is a personal choice that requires excuse me, a prior decision having been made that you could use that handgun in defense of your life or in defense of your family's life. Until you've made that decision, don't even begin to carry a firearm. But if you're going to carry a firearm, be legal with it. Uh, Get a a concealed carry permit. Uh, Some states, they're not needed. Some states, they're not needed. If it's open carry, that's a whole other discussion right there. But um, in our state, you can carry openly without a permit, but if you cover it with an article of clothing or if you get in a vehicle, then you need a concealed carry permit. So be legal with that. Get training. Let me say this, if you're in a state that requires a CCW class before you get your permit, like Krista uh, did when she was in North Carolina, uh, that is not training. That's familiarization, and that's really more about their coverage of liability. Um, But get some training with that weapon. Become proficient with it. Use a good holster. Uh, your handgun needs to be in a holster. It must be in a holster. You ju- you can't just stick it down in your pocket. Uh, there's a number of different ways to carry, a number of good companies, uh, Crossbreed, Alien Gear, Safari Land, Bianchi. There's all kinds of pocket holsters, belly bands. And I just tried recently uh, something that um, I actually kind of, inherited and that's a sticky holster and uh, it's got a real sticky outside and you can carry it inside trouser you can carry it in a pocket and it will stay put when you pull the handgun out and I need to do some more uh, some more testing on that but when we're talking about defensive weapons we can be talking about a knife as well Uh, if you're going to carry a knife for defense you need it to be readily accessible You need to have some training with that. And as a young police officer in uh, the academy, we were taught uh, in a knife fight, just expect to get cut. So that's something that um, you just need to be aware uh, that could happen. Uh, Stay in the fight. Don't give up if you see blood, whether it's yours or somebody else's. Last thing I'll touch on there uh, for defensive weapons is a tactical pin. And um, that's uh, like a steel-pointed pin that you can um, 
used to stab somebody with it if you get into that situation. But actually, any pen will do. You can carry any pen and use that as a defensive weapon if you're being attacked. Um, get as dirty as you can, as quick as you can, and get meaner as you go. So that's what I've got on defensive weapons. Chris, you got anything else to add to that? Yeah, I do want to speak specifically to the ladies, primarily because... Uh, initially, most of us are thinking, well, I'll just carry my gun in my purse, my regular purse. And I have known some ladies to just take a, a lone gun and load it and drop it right down on the bottom of their purse along with their ink pens and their checkbook and their cosmetic case. It's not in a holster or anything. And that's got to be the worst possible way you can carry one. The next up from there, which is a much better uh, choice would be what's known as a concealed carry purse or concealed carry handbag. They're specially designed for you to be able to access your handgun if you feel that you need it. Now, in my personal opinion, uh, I think they're great, and I think a, a, a concealed carry weapon handbag is a much better idea if that's your comfort level with carrying your firearm, then by all means, be comfortable with it and you should actually what I call dry fire train with it. You should train with an unloaded firearm as far as being able to access it. If you're still going to carry it in a bag personally for me, I have made the decision to carry my firearm on my person with a belly band. And a belly band, I choose it because most of my clothing does not have a waistband or belt loops or heavy material to carry a holster. And a belly band is comfortable, adjustable, and completely concealable. And actually is so comfortable, I forget, really, I don't feel that I'm wearing it after it's been on me for a little while. And it doesn't matter if I'm wearing a tunic top, a blouse, a dress, or whatever I'm wearing. I can access that firearm regardless uh, of what's going on. And I don't have to reach into or reach for a purse. Uh, I have known people who have been attacked by robbers, and the first thing they take off of a woman is her purse. And if your gun is in your purse, you're in trouble. And so having that firearm on your person, that's my choice. It may not be your choice. I respect your choice. But I'm just telling you, as someone who has listened to others who have been uh, victims, that they would have rather had that on them. So you'll see that belly bands are becoming more and more popular. There are men who wear belly bands. It's not just a female type of a choice. It's a male choice as well. And they're very effective uh, in terms of the comfort level with being able to have your firearm on you. Um, there will be times that I would drop my purse and run and let the would-be robber have my purse. I still have my firearm and my life and my safety, and I'm off the scene. And if all they're wanting is my money, they can have my purse. At least my gun's not in there. So that's kind of what I wanted to say about, for the, you know, especially for the ladies to really give it some thought as far as carry, responsibly carrying a firearm if that's your comfort level. Okay, so there you have it. EDC, everyday carry. It's what you need 
or what you may need or what you think you may need in your everyday routine. All right. Good talk, Mark. Um, Our plan is to release a new podcast every week and more frequently as the need arises. On Facebook, we'd like for you to join us on Practical Prepping. Uh, Our email is info at practicalprepping.info. Our website is being built at this time. We're going to be very excited to uh, release that at the time. It's coming in the future, and it'll be www.practicalprepping.info. Info. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Prepping Podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a five-star review. That helps make the podcast available for more people to hear. And if you know of someone who needs to start prepping or has recently started, please share this podcast with them. Until the next episode, remember, what do we remember, Mark? Stuff happens. Be prepared.